welcome back to another episode of the Tifton Talks podcast. This particular episode is something new that we are introducing. This is the Tifton Talks monthly newsletter wrap-up, where I go through the previous month's newsletters. Usually there are two a week that go out, and I cover some of the more interesting tidbits and stories that were in those newsletters in case you are not a subscriber. If you're not a subscriber, why aren't you? All you got to do is go over to tiftontalks.substack.com or you can go to tiftontalks.com. There's a little widget right there on the right-hand side. And join. It's free. It's free. Cost you nothing but a little bit of your time to learn a little bit about the town you live in, the area you live in, and possibly some interesting tidbits of just general things going on in the state, the country, and the world. And with that said, let's get started. In the October 3rd, 2023 newsletter, we had at 99, Jimmy Carter celebrated in hometown as global humanitarian and trusted friend. As former President Jimmy Carter turns 99, Plains, Georgia celebrates him not only as a global humanitarian, but also as a cherished friend. Over 14,000 well-wishers from around the world have conveyed their birthday greetings through a digital mosaic created by the Carter Center. In his hometown, Carter is affectionately known as Mr. Jimmy, and the community values him not only for his political legacy, but for the personal connections and kindness he has shown to residents. Even though Carter has spent much of the past seven months in hospice care, he continues to follow current events, particularly the progress of his favorite baseball team, the Atlanta Braves. The community of Plains views Carter as a beacon of kindness and an inspiration for being compassionate and caring. Despite the physical limitations brought on by age, his spirit and values resonate profoundly with the community, and his legacy is set to endure in Plains. Then we have the inaugural roundabout construction commencing in Fitzgerald. Construction is about to commence on Fitzgerald's inaugural roundabout, aiming to enhance safety at the intersection of State Route 90 and Lower Rebecca Road. The initiative, expected to last 18 months, aims to reduce accidents of both frequency and severity. The current intersection, controlled by stop signs on Lower Rebecca Road, has seen multiple crashes, some resulting in injuries and fatalities. Roundabouts are recognized for significantly reducing fatal and serious injury crashes by approximately 80%, and property damage crashes by nearly 40%. The new roundabout, a single lane and 130 feet in diameter, will facilitate smoother turns for all vehicle sizes and include provisions for pedestrians. Construction is slated to start by the end of September or early October. In the newsletter, I did an editor's note as someone who was born and raised in Fitzgerald. This one will be interesting. I'm sure we'll see Rex because people don't understand how these things work. It's not something you you see a whole lot of in south-central Georgia. In this newsletter, we also covered one of those feel-good stories. Friends in Massachusetts establish a $1,000 breakfast club with hopes of encouraging generosity in others. In Massachusetts, a group of friends form the $1,000 breakfast club and periodically meet at restaurants to surprise their server with a substantial tip. During their recent outing at an IHOP, they left a $1,300 tip for their server. Their acts of kindness have become known and shared on social media to inspire others to start similar groups and spread the generosity. 
The club, initially inspired by a similar group in California, aims to help servers with financial assistance and create a positive impact in their lives. Despite being from diverse backgrounds, the members have come together and turned this into a meaningful tradition, emphasizing that generosity can be shared by anyone, making a significant difference in someone's day. And rounding out the October 3rd, 2023 newsletter, we, we uh, included Netflix phasing out DVD by mail service. Netflix is discontinuing its DVD by mail rental service, an initiative that pioneered its subsequent video streaming service. This service, characterized by the iconic red and white envelopes, will mail its final disc on September 29th, marking the end of an era that began 25 years ago. While Netflix's streaming service boasts over 232.5 million global subscribers, the DVD service has gradually declined, generating $145.7 million in revenue last year. Originally a major source of revenue for Netflix, the DVD-by-mail service dwindled as streaming gained popularity. Despite this decline, it maintained a dedicated subscriber base fond of its access to rare and obscure movies not widely available on streaming platforms. Yeah, I have to say, back in the day, that was the coolest way to get new movies and television shows. You just log into your account. Depending on what level you paid for, you could queue up like three or or five. You could have that many out at any given time. And let's just say, whenever I would get them, being the techie I am, I did have a way of converting them into a digital format to make it easier for me to watch. That's all I'm saying. In the October 6, 2023 newsletter, we started off with former Tiff County School Superintendent to receive compensation until June 30th. Adam Hathaway announces voluntary contract termination. Tiff County School Superintendent Adam Hathaway has resigned effective September 28, 2023, with his last employment date on June 30th, 2024. He will receive his annual salary of approximately $221,000 until the end of the fiscal year. The reasons for his resignation and subsequent administrative leave have not been disclosed by the Tiff County Board of Education. In Hathaway's absence, Mickey Weldon is serving as acting superintendent, and Chad Stone, Tiff County High Principal, has been placed on temporary administrative leave. Stone, intending to retire at the end of the school year, apologized for unspecified, quote, ethical lapses, end quote, and pledged restitution to the school system. Hathaway, a U.S. Army veteran and educator with diverse experience, had been in the role since 2019 after serving as superintendent in Schley County and a principal in Gilmer County. And then I added this editor's note. As it's still not public knowledge as to why he decided to resign, I find it rather odd that he will no longer fulfill his duties as superintendent, yet will continue to receive his $221,000 annual salary, which in my opinion is woefully out of whack as to the proper pay structure of that position. I know it's common in some situations, such as radio TV personalities, to pay out the remaining time on the contract while they don't work, which is typically because of a change in the content or direction of the stations. But when it comes to a superintendent, was this built into his contract? That's something that even today, as I'm recording this episode, I do not know the answer to. We also covered the gradual decline in gas prices in South Georgia, which will also be brought up in, in future newsletters. 
But in the October 6th, uh, we posted gasoline prices in South Georgia are gradually decreasing following state and national trends, with the average price of a gallon of regular gasoline in Valdosta at $3.12 and the lowest reported price at $2.89 per gallon. Valdosta ranked fifth lowest in gas prices among the monitored Georgia markets, and both state and national averages also saw a decline in gas prices, although the drop is expected to be slow and unsteady due to oil prices staying above $90 per barrel. And as of today, I believe the last time I filled up was sometime last week. Yeah, it was around 286 or 289 or something like that. Osceola, Georgia marked a historic moment as it elected its first black mayor, Melvin Harper II, succeeding the late mayor, Horace Hudgens. This significant election saw a record number of early voters reflecting a desire for change and progress. Harper emphasizes a focus on public safety and economic development to enhance Osceola's appeal for both residents and visitors. Citizens express hopes for improvements in transportation infrastructure, including road paving, under his new leadership. We covered the inmate fatally attacking a Georgia corrections officer with an improvised weapon in a tragic incident at Smith State Prison. A correction officer, Robert Clark, age 42, lost his life after being attacked by an inmate wielding a makeshift weapon. It was confirmed by state officials. Clark was escorting offenders Leighton Lester and Marco Willingham from the prison's dining hall when Lester assaulted him from behind. Willingham bravely intervened but was also injured during the attack. Clark and Willingham were rushed to the hospital where Clark succumbed to his injuries. Willingham, on the other hand, is in stable condition. Commissioner Tyrone Oliver expressed deep condolences to Officer Clark's family and colleagues vowing support during this challenging time. Lester, with a prior conviction of murder and armed robbery in 2007, is anticipated to face charges for the fatal assault on Clark and the assault on Willingham. The incident is part of a concerning pattern at Smith State Prison in Glenville, situated about 50 miles west of Savannah. Earlier this year, Warden Brian Adams was terminated and arrested on various charges, including conspiracy and bribery, tied to a broader investigation into criminal activities at the prison. An ongoing investigation by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has shed light on a significant number of Georgia Department of Corrections employees being arrested since 2018 for on-the-job crimes, predominantly involving contraband. This tragic event underscores the urgent need for reform and improved safety measures within the correctional system. And in the More You Know section, the IRS unveiled updated income tax brackets and deductions for 2023 in response to inflation. The new income thresholds for each tax bracket will impact returns filed in 2024. Taxpayers will owe federal income taxes based on their taxable income, which is calculated by summing all income sources and deducting standard deductions. The tax brackets have been adjusted upwards to account for inflation. Additionally, standard deductions for both married couples and single filers have increased for 2023 compared to the previous year. The IRS has also made adjustments to figures for provisions, such as the alternative minimum tax. Residents affected by severe weather last year have been granted a tax extension. Something to also keep in mind is the, whatever it was called, the tax plan of 2018 that was passed by the Trump administration, where it doubled the standard deductions. Uh, That goes away, I think, either in 2025 or 2026. So unless Congress steps in and renews those parts of that bill, our tax burdens for the average American, what I would consider lower to middle class American, is going up. 
Just keep that in mind. In the October 10th, 2023 newsletter, we covered where Georgia Governor Brian Kemp extended the state of emergency in response to high inflation, further prolonging the suspension of the state's gas tax on motor and locomotive fuel. The gas tax suspension, which saved drivers approximately 30 cents per gallon, will continue until November 11th of this year. Governor Kemp emphasized the positive impact on Georgia families, highlighting that the state's average gas price has decreased by about 40 cents in the past month. However, some experts caution that the gas suspension, which is costing over $160 million per month, may not be the most cost-effective way to provide the short-term economic relief. In Fitzgerald, U.S. Senators Reverend Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff revealed a new fire truck acquisition for the Fitzgerald Fire Department, aiming to enhance public safety and emergency response times. Purchase is made possible through a grant and loan from the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Community Facilities Direct Loans and Grants Program. Wow, that's a mouthful. The new fire truck is a crucial upgrade, replacing an outdated and irreparable vehicle, enabling the FFD to provide vital support during emergencies. Both senators emphasize their commitment to supporting Georgia's fire departments and ensuring the safety of communities. Something that is, I wouldn't say near and dear to my heart, but I did do a short little video on this and it deals with self-checkouts. We also covered a little news tidbit where retailers seem to confront a self-checkout challenge. Retailers are reevaluating the impact of self-checkout lanes, initially seen as a way to save on labor costs. Despite being widely adopted over the past 30 years, major retailers like Costco, Walmart, and Kroger are finding they still require employees to combat theft, assist customers, verify IDs and check receipts. Costco, for instance, has staff checking memberships in self-checkout lanes to tackle misuse. Walmart is phasing out self-checkout in some locations, replacing them with traditional staffed registers. Industry grapples with balancing the expected labor savings with the need for human intervention due to theft and other challenges. And in the Tifton Talks tech section, a partisan divide is emerging over efforts to expand internet access on public school buses. The FCC chairwoman, a Democrat, is proposing to make school buses eligible for E-rate funding aimed at providing discounted Wi-Fi access to schools. However, top Republicans argue that this could increase children's access to potentially harmful social media apps in a less supervised environment. Advocates believe that Wi-Fi on school buses can aid students in completing homework during commutes and benefit student-athletes returning late from events. The FCC is set to discuss its proposal in its upcoming meeting on October 19th, which, of course, now has passed, and I do not have any further information on that. In today's digital age, your online privacy is under constant threat. Hackers, data snoopers, and even your own Internet service provider can track your every move, leaving your personal information exposed. But fear not. There's a powerful shield that can safeguard your digital life, and that is private internet access. Private Internet Access VPN is your ultimate privacy solution. With just a single click, you can encrypt your internet connection, making your online activities completely anonymous. Hackers will hit a dead end. Data snoops will see only encrypted gibberish. And even your ISP won't be able to track your every move. But that's not all. Private Internet Access VPN also allows you to virtually travel the world, choose from their vast network of servers in different countries, and experience the Internet as if you were there. Whether you're streaming your favorite shows, accessing blocked websites, or simply safeguarding your sensitive information, PIA is your trusted companion. Don't compromise on your digital privacy any longer. Join the millions who've already taken control of their online experience 
with private internet access. Use the affiliate link at tiftontalks.com slash PIA and get 30 days free. That's tiftontalks.com slash PIA to unlock the power of online privacy today. Private internet access. Your privacy, your rules. In our October 13th edition, Georgia state agencies have submitted budget requests following Governor Brian Kemp's invitation for up to 3% in spending increases. The request includes substantial increases in health care spending, pay raises, crime prevention, and addressing cuts made earlier. Agencies aim to restore funds previously cut from various sectors, such as the University System of Georgia and public television and radio. While Kemp has encouraged returning some funds to Georgians in the form of tax breaks, Agencies emphasize spending on public services and employee salaries. The state has experienced significant surpluses in recent years, allowing for increased funding in various areas. However, concerns arise due to inflation affecting the economy's growth rate, prompting a careful evaluation of spending needs and returns on investments. If I remember correctly in later tidbits, Georgia has a surplus of about $11 $11 billion, which is impressive. Also in this edition, Governor Kemp revealed plans for a major food processing venture by retail giant Walmart in Valdosta, Georgia. Forthcoming dairy facility, backed by a $350 million investment, is anticipated to create nearly 400 job opportunities in Lowndes County. The state is enthusiastic about Walmart's decision to leverage Georgia's thriving agriculture sector and create new prospects for farmers in the Lowndes County region. The dairy facility will play a pivotal role in providing high-quality milk to over 750 Walmart and Sam's Club stores across Georgia and neighboring states. Bruce Heckman, Walmart's vice president of manufacturing, expressed excitement about the venture and emphasized collaboration with local dairy farmers to ensure high-quality milk processing while maintaining competitive prices. Operations are set to commence in late 2025, offering various job positions in production, engineering, quality, food safety, warehousing, maintenance, and transportation. Georgia, already a significant player in agriculture, with the top milk-producing state in the southeast, is poised to further boost its economy with this venture. The state's strategic location and well-established logistics infrastructure contribute to its attractiveness for business in the food and beverage sector. We also covered the Georgia Supreme Court overturning a previous ruling that granted immunity to the Tiff County Sheriff in a wrongful death lawsuit. The case involves the death of James Aaron McBrayer in the back seat of a patrol car in 2019. The court sent the case back to the Georgia Court of Appeals. The lawsuit brought by Sherry McBrayer alleges that her husband's death resulted from the deputy's negligent handling of him while loading him into the patrol car. Court's central point of concern was the wording regarding the patrol car's, quote, active, end quote, use, allowing the possibility of waiving sovereign immunity. And we wrapped up that edition of the newsletter talking about what causes our fear of Friday the 13th. The number 13 has been viewed with suspicion throughout history due to its oddness compared to the revered number 12, which features prominently in various cultural and religious context. Tales of misfortune associated with gatherings of 13 individuals, such as the Norse mythology and the Last Supper in Christianity, have contributed to its negative perception. We also discussed every state's favorite Halloween candy for trick-or-treaters. CandyStore.com unveiled the top 10 Halloween candies, which included Reese's Cups, M&M's, Hot Tamales, Skittles, and more. In the October 20th edition... Governor Kemp announced Georgia's $10 million investment in Israeli bonds to strengthen defense initiatives. This was after the 
conflict between Israel and Hamas. In a recent announcement, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp revealed that the state has invested $10 million Israeli bonds to bolster the country's defense efforts. This purchase elevates Georgia's bond investment in Israel to a total of $25 million. Governor Kemp emphasized Israel's significant role as a steadfast ally, especially during challenging times marked by terrorist attacks. He reiterated the state's unwavering support and highlighted the purchase of these bonds as a testament to the solidarity. Governor Kemp has consistently expressed his backing for Israel, condemning recent attacks by Hamas and ordering flags to be flown for half-staff in a show of solidarity. During a visit to Israel in May, Kemp led a state delegation to support economic development initiatives. Amidst the ongoing conflict, with over 2,800 lives lost on both sides, the investment is seen as a substantial demonstration of Georgia's support for Israel. And though this has now been settled at the time of uh, the posting of this edition, we gave a little history of uh, Representative Austin Scott, who had thrown his hat into the ring to be nominated for Speaker of the House. And as I previously mentioned, here in Georgia, a substantial cash surplus of $10.7 billion has been amassed, marking third consecutive year of substantial surpluses under Governor Brian Kemp's Republican leadership. Despite a surplus of $5.3 billion in the 2022 budget year, Georgia has maintained cautious spending, resulting in this surplus. The state possesses additional reserves, including a rainy day fund and a lottery reserve fund, amounting to about $18.5 billion in cash reserves by June 30th. Governor Kemp has already utilized parts of the surplus for tax breaks, and remains cautious about allocating one-time revenue for recurring expenses. Critics argue that this fiscal approach has constrained state services. As Georgia continues to see healthy revenue streams, the state is likely to maintain its surplus trend, albeit with cooling tax collection in certain sectors. Governor Kemp is considering slight spending increases and inviting proposals for judicious utilization of the surplus. The surplus could significantly impact Georgia's vital sectors like education and health care, making it a subject of ongoing policy debate. And in our Tifton Talks tech section, we covered Georgia introducing digital driver's license for Android users at TSA PreCheck. In a significant technological leap, Android users in Georgia can now use a digital driver's license for TSA PreCheck verification. This innovation allows Georgians to present their digital driver's license or ID via their Android smartphones at Select Transportation Security Administration PreCheck checkpoints, again a mouthful, including those at Hartsfield, Jackson, Atlanta International Airport. This follows the earlier introduction of this option for iPhone users by the DDS in May. Governor Brian Kemp expressed the state's commitment to providing cutting-edge technology to its citizens, signaling excitement about this latest development. In our October 24th edition, Georgia's plan to expand Medicaid, known as Georgia Pathways to Coverage, has enrolled only 1,343 individuals in the three months since it was launched. Governor Brian Kemp's initiative aims to offer Medicaid health coverage to 370,000 of Georgia's uninsured adults with a requirement for work or specific activities to qualify. Although Kemp's office projected that about 90,000 people would eventually meet the work or activity requirements, the slow enrollment rate has raised concerns. The state has not set monthly enrollment goals, but if enrollment were to increase evenly over two years, Around 11,250 individuals would be expected to sign up in the first three months. Health advocates have expressed worry about the slow pace of sign-up, suggesting it would take over 61 years to cover everyone at the current rate. Georgia's Medicaid expansion plan is unique, as it is the only one with built-in work requirements. While Kemp's office emphasizes encouraging individuals to improve their lives through work or education, critics argue that the plan excludes many who are unable to meet the requirements, 
such as single parents or those caring for relatives. The low enrollment numbers have been a point of controversy, and the state's failure to provide records on sign-up data led to allegations of Open Records Act violations. However, after being informed that a story was forthcoming on the issue, the Department of Community Health began providing records and denied violating the law. Health advocates stress the importance of timely data for understanding enrollment trends and helping those who might transition from Medicaid to Georgia Pathways. The program's success remains uncertain, but advocates continue to monitor the data to identify barriers to enrollment and ways to increase participation. Also in this edition... Dr. Jerry Baker was appointed Interim Superintendent for Tiff County Schools. During their regular monthly meeting on October 10th, the Tiff County Board of Education unanimously appointed Dr. Jerry Baker as the Interim Superintendent for Tiff County Schools. Dr. Baker, with over 25 years of executive leadership experience, most recently served as the Provost and Vice President of Academic Affairs at ABAC until his retirement in 2022. Chairman Jonathan Jones, on behalf of the Board of Education, expressed gratitude for Dr. Baker's appointment and highlighted his extensive experience in education research and administration. Dr. Baker's role is expected to enhance the school system's leadership team with a focus on providing the best opportunities for student growth. Dr. Baker wasted no time and began his duties immediately engaging with staff members and administrators. He aims to inspire students to learn with the involvement of all stakeholders. Board of Education has also initiated the search for a permanent superintendent to fill the position. And in the in the no section of this edition of the newsletter, we discuss the new tax return filing option that has been introduced by the RRS. Basically, what they're doing is creating something to compete with TurboTax and the like. And it's kind of a pilot program. And as I pointed out at the bottom of this, Georgia does not seem to be one of the 13 states that have signed on. Uh, the states are Washington, California, New York, Massachusetts, Arizona, Alaska, Florida, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, and Wyoming. It's essentially called direct file for the 2024 tax filing season, making it available for the first time to select taxpayers in the 13 states. So even if you are in those 13 states, you still have to get invited to basically be part of their pilot program. And in our Tifton Talks Feel Good Stories section, we covered two stories. One about a Chicago teen receiving Thai assistance from an Amazon delivery driver before homecoming and a restaurant employee retrieving lost dentures from the trash was awarded the $1,000 kindness prize. And finally, in our October 27th edition, even though we do plan on having one out on the 31st, but I am recording this on the 30th. Leading off this edition, I had to cover this True Vista billing fiasco, and I'm the one calling it a fiasco because it really, really ticked me off. As I wrote up in this, a group of True Vista customers shared their experiences with an unexpected billing system change without prior notification. So essentially what happened is, of course, True Vista is local cable broadband company, previously owned by Plant Telephone, previously was Plant TIFFnet, which was still owned by Plant Telephone, previously was CityNet, which was a department within the city of Tifton. True Vista apparently changed their billing system, and if you were on paperless billing and auto pay, they didn't even bother to notify you via email, which they had, by the way. They had your email address. So I posted about this in our Tifton Talks Facebook group, which is the summary of what I wrote here was all of the responses that I got back from everybody. Some people were not aware of it, and they were grateful that I posted this. Some people were aware of it because they weren't on paperless billing, so they received a notica notification in the mail. As I pointed out 
here, this was just very poor customer service. And knowing what can be done via technology, this is something that should not have happened. And also in this edition, over in Fitzgerald, the Georgia Department of Agriculture, led by Agriculture Commissioner Tyler Harper, issued a warning regarding contaminated kerosene sold at Planters Oil Number no. 1 in Fitzgerald, Georgia. The kerosene may be tainted with gasoline, posing a risk of fire or explosion if used in home appliances. Consumers who have purchased kerosene from this location on or after October 17th 2023, are advised not to use it in their kerosene heaters or lamps. The department's fuel and measures team discovered the issue during a routine inspection and has placed a stop-sell order on the kerosene pump at the store. The pump will remain closed until the fuel tank and lines are cleaned and a new shipment of kerosene is tested and approved. Customers can return the contaminated fuel to the store for a full refund. And as tomorrow is Halloween. We had a tidbit here in the in the nose section. Record-breaking Halloween spending expected at $12.2 billion with higher participation than pre-pandemic times. Halloween spending is expected to reach a record $12.2 billion, surpassing the previous year's record of $10.6 billion. This is according to the National Retail Federation's annual survey. A record 73% of people plan to participate in Halloween-related activities, up from 69% the previous year. The top ways people plan to celebrate include handing out candy, 68%, decorating their home or yard, 53%, or dressing in costumes, 50%. Per person spending is projected to be $108.24, up from the $102.74 in the previous year, with costumes being a significant contributor. Over 69% of those celebrating Halloween plan to purchase costumes, with total spending on costumes expecting to reach a record $4.1 billion. Other significant spending areas include decorations, candy, and of course, greeting cards. Okay, that begs the question. Have any of you ever sent Halloween-themed greeting cards? I know I haven't. I mean, I guess it'd be kind of cool, but no, I've never done that. And we covered the story from USA Today about a dog named Bobby, or is it Bobby? Anyway, it's B-O-B-I, world's oldest known dog, finally died at age 31. Guinness World Records has confirmed the age and uh, lived with his owner in Portugal his entire life. Amazing. And finally, in this edition of the newsletter, we introduced a new segment called the Tifton Talks Recipe of the Month. I encourage you to go check it out. It is a recipe called Prairie Stew. And I can tell you from personal experience, because I have had this, it is a very good, very what I would consider comfort food. Yeah, and if you're not subscribed to the newsletter, this is the only place you're going to get this. So go to TiftonTalks.com, look at that widget on the right-hand side, put in your email address, sign up. It is free. Now, if you would love to support the newsletter, there are some options. $7 a month will, will help go toward the cost of producing this thing. There's also an annual plan. And right now, the goal is to continue to put out a free edition. But at some point, there will be special editions that will be just for our paid subscribers. But for the now, you can sign up for free, but I would love any contributions and support. And that is going to wrap up this episode of the Tipton Talks podcast, the new monthly newsletter wrap-up. I hope you've enjoyed this. Give you a little bit of an insight into what goes into these newsletters, the type of information that you will get out of it. If you have some interesting stories that you would love to share, some newsworthy items that you think should be included in the newsletter, you can email newsletter at tiftontalks.com. Again, that is newsletter at tiftontalks.com. Or if you'd rather leave a voicemail, you can do that too. 
762-354-2916. Again, that's 762-354-2916. If you have an idea for the podcast or you have some questions or comments, feel free. Email those to podcast at tiftontalks.com. Again, that's podcast at tiftontalks.com. So thank you for your time. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned to tiftontalks.com. If you haven't already joined the Tifton Talks Facebook group, I encourage you to request membership there. We do have a set of questions that you need to answer. We don't let just anyone in. So do that. It's greatly appreciated. I hope you have, by the time you hear this, you may have already, we may have already gone through Halloween, but I hope you have a wonderful, uh, a fun, but a safe Halloween day, evening, whatever. And let's look forward to November, December, as we are nearing the end of 2023. So from me and my family to you and your family, take care of yourselves, love each other, and be thankful we live here in Tifton, Georgia. (music) 